0: Happy New Year, theatre lovers. In today's episode, Charmaine Jacqueline opens up about difficult loss. Many wonderful people have been lost in the last couple of years due to this awful virus, and specifically, the Theatre Sarnia community was hit hard in a variety of ways. Charmaine discusses the loss of a few of these important members of the community, and if your heart is not quite ready for this topic, feel free to skip, or perhaps use this intro as a chance to find a safe place to emote before continuing with the episode. Charmaine is well-spoken, insightful, appreciative, and very capable of pulling your heartstrings. Don't make the same mistake I did. Have some Kleenex at the ready for this episode. On with the show. So, welcome Charmaine Jacqueline to Sarnia Famous. Thank you so much for making the time for me today.
1: Absolutely, no
0: problem. So you and I actually didn't meet through the theater necessarily, but kind of adjacent to the theater Um, at the beginning of the pandemic. I should actually do a little shout out here (laughs) because my friend Brian taught me how to use my sewing machine via FaceTime. So thank you, Brian, for that. But yeah, we um, started making masks for Blue Water Health. And I can't remember how I found out about your little group that you guys were also making them. And so I joined your group. And I still remember very fondly, you came to my house with all of your wares in the back of your vehicle. You had all kinds of sewing thread and fabric and kind of like, here, here it is. Pick what you want, which was awesome.
1: Yeah. You need it. I got it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah it was It was so nice to have something tangible to do, to feel like, you know, we were giving back during a time where there wasn't a lot of ways to give back and to keep busy, because I I don't know about you, but I cleaned my house a lot, and after a while, there was no more cleaning to be done.
1: (laughs) Well, if I'd have known that, I could have invited you over to my business.
0: (laughs) I would have done it too. Like,
1: it was was a boring time. Uh, Well, I actually... um... That's kind of an interesting story, how I ended up being involved. You might even say how I kind of spearheaded that aspect of the mask making. I had been the producer for Fun Home, which was in 2020, was our uh, WDL entry, and uh, we were slated to go to festival actually in their wisdom which they were completely right the board of directors uh, pulled us out of the festival on the saturday and i think tuesday was the day that rob ford announced i don't care if it is march break i know i told you you guys could go on vacation but no you got to come back to canada and like basically the world started shutting down about Two weeks later, so in theory, what would have been the eve of the festival gala that we would have had, where we would have had the announcements for all the awards and everything for the Western Ontario Drama League Festival, a very important person from our group that was involved in Fun Home was rushed into the hospital with COVID, Linda Agax, and short and long, she, she passed from COVID. After she passed, the news was... Absolutely. I know it hit everybody hard. It was devastating for me. And I just, I wanted to scream. I wanted to yell. I'm thinking I've got to be able to do something. And I thought the only thing that we can do right now is they're short on PPEs. Maybe with the material and the talent that we've got involved with the theater, we can help by making masks or something. Uh, I reached out to A couple of people in the uh, costuming department and was advised that i had to go through the board of directors which i did they asked permission and they agreed to allow us to do that and to be able to make use of the materials and the notions that we had in the wardrobe room for the theater so uh, we have an incredible team of seamstresses and volunteers such as yourself who as kind of word went out stepped up and indicated that they'd be able to or are more than happy to help out in any way that they could. I reached out to Kathy Alexander at Blue Water Health and I uh, reached out to Maria Muscadere at um, the hospice to determine if there was anything that we could do to volunteer that we could donate and they both indicated that they would gladly accept masks and uh, surgical caps at that time. So we had some ladies that were making matching sets of the surgical caps for the ladies that were working on the IC unit at, that ma- match the masks and everything else. And I think all in all, we ended up donating just over 500 masks over a period of about six weeks, eight weeks. At which time then the PPEs were starting to come in and the hospital Kathy Alexander and Maria both indicated uh, greatly appreciating what we had done what we had donated but that they were sufficient and they were going to go the standard routes for you know the more orthodox PPEs but uh, yeah so I was I was the runner I do not so I do not have your <laughs> talent, Dallas and so you know I so appreciate everything that you guys did and I thought the only okay I can't sew, but I can organize and I can drive. So that's what I did. I put people together. I managed contact lists. I got addresses. I did deliveries, did pickups. Couldn't hug anybody.
0: <laughs> I know. I kind of want to give you a hug right now. I didn't know all of the, the back end stuff, uh, like seeking approval from the board and all of that. I, I wasn't aware of it. And, and losing someone during COVID was so much harder in so many ways because... Like you say, you couldn't hug anybody. There was so little to be done. It was nice that, it was more than nice. It was an honor to work alongside you gals to, uh, toward that goal. And I didn't know it was over 500. That, that is fantastic.
1: The one thing I've learned being here in Sarnia, actually, I moved to Sarnia in 1993. And that was because I followed my husband for work. And before that, we lived in the Ottawa Valley. Uh, I lived in Cobden. And I remember hearing on the news uh, about a a fundraiser, and I can't remember now if it was for breast cancer or or what it was, but I remember the anchorman for Global News specifically commenting on the amount of money that was donated from Sarnia and how year after year, the people in Sarnia are so generous and they have heart and they come together, especially for their own community. And since I've been here in 1993, I have seen that time and time again. Whether it's to help families who've had issues, parents who've lost children, or whose children are going through cancer, people who are needing lung transplants, and all the support, uh, the fundraising that's gone in, Fabian Chagoo, and everything he does for CF. It's just. It really is. It's an incredible community to be living in, and for me to have been able to do something positive, to kind of take part uh, in another aspect of Sarnia giving, really was a, a very an incredibly rewarding and heartwarming experience.
0: I didn't I didn't know that about Sarnia. I I am I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm still fairly new to Sarnia. Um, I moved here from Alberta. And uh, that was my first experience with the the, the kindness and generosity of, of the town. But I'm certainly going to keep my eyes open for that now, because that, that makes me feel that
1: Sarnia pride. And the theater people that we've got are time and time again. And another person that we lost just before COVID uh, was the incredible John LaRue. And I remember him putting together fundraisers and working with different people so that we could raise funds for the youth program because um, Theater Sarnia has uh, an incredible youth program that encourages children and, you know, not, not every kid out there is a sports person and not every kid out there is a book person and sometimes you don't feel like you fit in mm-hmm. and having the opportunity to be involved in, in the Theater Youth Program or the Adolescent Program or even just coming and trying out for a role and in, in getting involved somehow. If ever you feel like you're alone or that you don't fit in, theatre people are, are the ones that are going to make you feel like you belong. They're just an incredibly kind and generous group, uh, which is saying something when you think about just how amazing Sarnians in general are. And to throw theatre people even more, <laughs> its yeah, it's a lot of fun.
0: Uh, you have to forgive me, but I have to do a shameless plug because I'm selling Sarnia famous t-shirts in support of the Theater Sarnia youth group. So uh, thank you very much for that endorsement for the program, because, yeah, people go out there and uh, send me your inquiries for a t-shirt because it's going to a, to a great, great cause. Uh, theater was huge for me when I was a kid because I was chubby and awkward and not very good at making friends and everything like that but in theater I could be anybody but myself so it's like you say if you're you're kind of a maybe you don't fit in in a lot of places you're you're gonna fit in in the theater
1: well and you may have seen or anybody who's ever been involved uh, that recognizes any of the names that I've said like another person specifically with regards to the youth group would have been, again, someone who we would lost far too early, and that would have been Anthony Francolenza. Uh, and he is an individual whose heart can only be matched by the diameter of Sarnia, I think. Uh, I mean, Anthony was just an incredible, incredible, incredible individual, and all you've got to do is just say his name, and you're going to have people turn around and go, Anthony, oh my God, I miss Anthony. And he was... And then they'll start telling you stories about... Uh, things that they worked on with him, plays that they worked on with him, having worked at, at the end of the Good Shepherd with him because he he loved what he did, but he loved his work with the kids, he loved his work at the end, and uh, that was another thing that actually was that made me feel good. Uh, not not losing him, oh my God, losing him was oh. just awful, but watching how the community in general came together. Um, the end of the Good Shepherd, one of the things that they did as a fundraiser, a financial fundraiser, in memory of Anthony, was when they did the bottle and can drive. Mm-hmm. So for anybody who dropped anything off, it was insane. It was, uh, they raised, they got so many cans, so many bottles, they ran out of place to start. <laughs> isn't that a wonderful, isn't that a wonderful, what problem? A wonderful yeah. problem? They had to go out and like basically beg more storage space. Mm-hmm. and. I all that shows is how absolutely amazing Sarnia is for for everybody and 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 how many lives Anthony touched It's just yeah it's uh, it's an honor to to be involved in a group that has and has had so many absolutely amazing people involved in it.
0: And, and all three names that you've mentioned uh, had such an impact that for someone like me, I am I didn't get a chance to really spend time with those people. But I, I can see the impact that they've had because of the reactions people had to those losses and the subsequent fundraising and activities. And, you know, you know, you've had, hold huh, on, dang it. Sorry, I'm such a big old moosh ball. It's not, oh, I'm so sorry.
1: no. Um, and and your reaction, your response right now is pretty much the response that you're going to get from anybody if you mention their names, like Linda. As well as although she was she was the she was our stage manager for Fun Home, she was such an integral part in so many things that happened in Petrolia. She was an individual that she and her husband were kind of managing a building that had senior citizens, and she uh, managed the office. She did prepared meals at least once a week for the residences. One of the, uh, an incredible lady in Petrolia, Jacqueline Sanders, that has uh, Godiva chocolates, which by the way, you talk about, you know, plugs. If you need (laughs) chocolate, OMG, go to Godiva in Petrolia. She's only open on Saturdays. You are going to have chocolate like you've never had before. But I remember when when we lost Linda and I, I reached out to Jacqueline. She reached out to me. And she was telling me about how Linda it was such an amazing person. It's like she innately she knew when Jacqueline was working late hours, like especially at Christmas time, trying to get all of the orders ready and stuff like that. And Linda would show up non like without any warning. She would show up with the most amazing food because she would know that Jacqueline has probably just spent 36 hours and hasn't even thought of eating herself. Mm-hmm. And. That's you know uh, Linda would show up with all kinds of food at, at rehearsal, whether she was she her husband was my husband on so many productions. <laughs> and you know the, the thing that, that means most to me is I remember Linda taking me aside one time and she said, Charmaine, you're my favorite of all of the other wives. <laughs> it's it's, oh, it's what a great sense of humor. Favourite otherwise, wife. <laughs> yeah. That's so cute. Um, you,
0: you, you know you've, you've lived a good life when you've impacted people in, in those ways. They might seem small at the time, but they last. You know when they
1: say what doesn't tell you makes you stronger? I think when your heart breaks for losing such absolutely amazing people, uh, knowing that somewhere their presence, their their time, their passion is with you, and helps you to grow as an individual because having met those people, uh, having had the luxury of having them in my life, I know has really um, made me richer for it. And even people who kind of pass through your life very quickly, I heard an interview that you did with Kate Hardy the other day. And uh, you know, oh, Kate, like from the minute I met her, it it was absolutely hilarious. When she was still in high school, she uh, was going to St. Pat's and they went on, their last year, they went on a school trip to New York City. My son was going to St. Christopher's and he was on that same school trip with Martina and Brian and, and the, rest of the, uh, the rest of the crazy crew. And they had a fantastic time. And I remember meeting Kate for the first time and she looked at me and she goes, you're Peyton's mom? pretty cool. I really like You did a good job, you know. You and did I, a good
0: job. Oh, cute. Yeah.
1: And it's just, and then I, I had the luxury, I was able to work with her backstage, and her professionalism at an early point, uh, even before she went away to school, like, she was just another person, like, she, she just exudes this energy, was professional from the get-go, and actually, funny story, Anthony was backstage with us, and that was my first time meeting Anthony too. You know, you look back on those times, and and you really you have to treasure them, and and just chuckle at some of the annoyances and, and some of the fun, and and then and the things that you learn because you know I mean, you don't just learn things from people who are older than you. If you if you want to pay attention, if you open up your mind and your heart, you can learn things from people of all ages and all walks of lives. And yeah, that's working working with theater people is something that has taught me that a lot uh, again you know very grateful I can't say enough good things about theater people it's a little bit annoying I suppose but you know it's true
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I love that you use the word luxury the luxury of having those people in your life because it really is and we don't know we never know how long we're gonna have and it it, it should be something that's treasured no matter what so luxury that's
1: an excellent word I find that it's it's important to surround yourself with people who look up and who look out, as opposed to, there's nothing wrong with looking inward on occasion, but don't spend all your time looking inward. You've got to look out and you've got to look up and, and appreciate what's in front of you and what is yet to come and nurture what you've learned in the past. And if you can do all of those things and look inside once in a while, because, you know, sometimes you have to look in the mirror and take, a you know, Okay, am I a total idiot or, you know, is, uh, I, I made a comment one time to uh, a gentleman who was uh, strongly involved with the theater about, you know, I'm sorry, but uh, I know I'm not everybody's cup of tea. And he looked at me, and goes, you know what, Charmaine, he says, there's one thing that nobody can take away from you. They always know exactly where they stand because I don't, I, I'm not one for, I'm not politically correct. I don't sugarcoat uh, I, don't go out, I do not go out of my way to hurt people's feelings. But if you ask me a question, just remember you're asking me a question. Better be prepared for the answer because you're going to get the truth. So uh, being able to do that and, and to learn a positive truth from all the people who've been in my life. And, and look at the positive and the good. is uh, It's the gold wrapping on a gift, you know. It's so easy to get bogged down. And there's so many people out there that you, know, you start focusing on negative. And I just want to go. Okay, but now look at the good side. Okay, now I can this turn around. And yeah, that really, really sucks. That there's got to be something good somewhere. Let's let's look at the something good. And the kids look at me, and they kind of my children. I've got two boys, and we tend to go, I'm the okay but person. I'm bonkers, but you know, I think that's in the fine print. Uh, mothers, the fine print is we're there to annoy and to embarrass at every opportunity. <laughs> I, I do my very best to fulfill those roles. <laughs> That's cute. So to change gears
0: a little bit, um, congratulations on being cast in uh, Barefoot in the Park. How exciting it must be. Are you guys, have you started rehearsals already?
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. Yes. And we're supposed to be off book for the first act by tomorrow. and I'm not there yet. No. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And the crew, it's uh, what a crew. I've never, John Maitland plays Victor Velasco. And this is my first opportunity to meet and to be on stage with John. And he is really cool. He has his his stuff down pat. And then, of course, the amazing Ian Alexander, who, uh, I mean, the guy's just bonkers. He's just bonkers. So talented and just innovative. And uh, and Kira Knight is what what a sweetheart. She is just the doll to work with. And I find out that again, sorry, is such a small community, Kira uh, went to school with my youngest uh, Connor. So that's kinda of fun. And she looked at me, she goes, Oh, are, are you Peyton and Connor's mom? And I like, go, <laughs> Yeah. The kids always hated that because it's like, Oh no, why do people have to know that you're my mother? <gasps> like, you know. There are worse things in life. And then we've got uh, Ron Pask, who plays the uh, telephone repairman, and he is a hoot. Like, Ron is just an absolute hoot. And then there's my favorite other husband, Joe Agix, Linda's husband, and uh, he plays the delivery man. Poor guy. It's going to be a really interesting play. Jeannie Simon, who is directing, has a, a distinct vision. And it's going to be really interesting to see how it comes together. And we've got the amazing and so organized Andrea Matthews is mm. our stage. I'm telling you, Andrea, if you need anything done and you want it done right and like methodically done and like point by point by point, Andrea is the person to have on your team. And then we've got an amazing group of producers, Craig Matthews, her Andrea's significant other. And uh, the absolute joy Uh, Lady in Leisure, Ruth Francoeur, is uh, the co-producing, and everybody knows Ruth. I mean, Ruth is just uh, known throughout, I think, all of Western Ontario Drama League, actually, uh, in part for her acting, but also for her amazing cooking. And she is such, I don't think they just asked her to be a co-producer because she brings her uh, addictive crack cookies (laughs) to opening but it definitely isn't a detriment. And, and she's she's so much fun to work with too, because I've had the luxury of being on stage with her when we did Dixie Swim Club. And oh my gosh, I had suggested that you look up the link. So for anybody who has an opportunity, if you've not seen Dixie Swim Club and you want to chuckle, just uh, go onto YouTube, check out Ian Alexander's Rocketfish site and look up Dixie Swim Club promo and I will tell you, just just looking at the promo every time I actually sent Ruth a text this morning and told her that little scene between she and I where she laughs every time I just I start laughing she is infectious she is uh she's just she's a force to be reckoned with she's amazing
0: I did my homework I did my homework I just want you to know that and did I you know the scene what was it if you could go back and not have children And she said, oh, I'd I'd have children, but I would have different ones or something like that. (laughs) Her laugh is, yeah, how could you not? How could you not laugh? But I, I have to say, it was kind of funny that you mentioned that you listened to Kate's episode, because Kate did all kinds of prep for that interview, kind of similar to what you had done, and had names all written out, and she was very, very organized and ready for it. She didn't give me any homework, but... Have. No, I really appreciate that. And, and I I did read through everything that you gave me.
1: When you uh, when you first reached out to me to congratulate me on the role and to ask if I might be interested, my first response was like, what? Do you know how boring I am? It, like, why? <laughs> why would anybody want do me for anything seriously but uh, you know that's why I thought okay well I got to come up with something that might be interesting and there you go you, I tried you sell yourself
0: far too short because you're a very engaging person and uh, we've, we haven't had really a conversation other than do you want this fabric or don't you want this fabric but yeah you've you've been carrying this with your own stories and everything already
1: some people just say it's because I talk a lot
0: <laughs> I wouldn't think that's the case no no but yeah, no, I, uh, <laughs> that video was great. There was a lot of what I would call the the, the elite gals of Theatre Sarnia.
1: It was nonstop between Jane mm-hmm. James, Ruth Francoeur, Marianne mm-hmm. Hucker, Liz Walton, and then uh, our director for that show was Jan Bolt. And and actually, the young lady, the so talented young lady, the set design for Dixie's Flem. That was a great was, set. Yeah. Oh, I love that set. And like we all wanted to take it home with us while not just doing the set design for Barefoot in the Park. So I can't wait to see what she comes up with for that.
0: I lost you there. Who who is it that's doing it?
1: Nat Jackson.
0: Oh, okay. That is exciting because that that set was so intricate. There was a lot of details.
1: So it's going to be, I'm looking forward to seeing what she comes up with.
0: Can't wait. I can't wait to start seeing shows in the theater again. It's so exciting. I saw the, um, was it Broadway Through the Ages show? Yes. And yeah. I was in tears the whole time. I'm sure you're not surprised, given how I've been through this interview. But I was in tears the whole time, especially when Brian Austin Jr. was talking about all that they'd been through to try and get back to that stage. It, yeah, I was just sitting in the audience like, blip blip. But yeah, how, how are things different now with, with COVID? How does a,
1: a rehearsal look? When you walk in, everybody, well, I shouldn't say that. Everybody has to have uh, their temperature taken, regardless of how long you're going to be there and who you are. And then if you are going to have, if you're an actor and you're going to have to take off your mask to do your lines when you're rehearsing, you leave your Mm -hmm. mask the whole time unless you're up running your lines. Then you're allowed, that's the only time you're allowed to take your mask off. So for those of us who are acting, who have to uh, deliver our lines, uh, we actually have to do a rapid test. So we... Three times a week, so I get a rapid test three times a week, and that's the way it goes for everybody. So everybody who did uh, Broadway Through the Ages, that night, they would have all had to have done rapid tests, and before all of their rehearsals, anybody taking their mask off would have had to have done rapid tests. You have to wait for 15 minutes before you can take your mask off to have the results, and they still highly encourage social distancing as much as possible. You know, it's uh, it, it, it's an extra step. So
0: I think that humans are so good at adapting, yeah. And it really warms my heart to hear that you guys are taking the rapid tests and you're you're caring for each other by following those rules, because obviously it means a lot to you to be back there and, and be together again.
1: And I know I recognize the fact that the whole COVID conversation can be, it, it can be a very delicate mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. And I know that the kickback that Brian received when, and the board, it was, it was a mandate by the board. Uh, But Brian was the one who took the front of it, Brian Austin, who's our executive director for uh, the Imperial Theatre. When they posted that you would have to have uh, your vaccine and produce proof of vaccination, the online bullying isn't even the word. It was heinous. It was absolutely heinous. And I have no problem with people having an opinion. You grow by listening to other people's opinions. But if you can't do it in a constructive manner, then what, what good are you doing? Mm-hmm. Attacking people when you don't have all the details is, is just a form of bullying. And, you know, Brian, I, I can only imagine what he must have felt. Because, again, if you want to talk about people with big hearts. Brian, oh my gosh, you know Brian. Anybody who knows Brian knows what a big heart. He lives and breathes the Imperial Theatre. Mm-hmm. And that's his life. And he, he just wants to make people happy. He wants to entertain people. And he is so convicted to the arts, you know, and uh, doing stuff for the arts. It's just, yeah, uh, seeing just a handful of the comments that were made just, just really hurt me for him. So we do what we have to do in order to keep each other safe. And the one thing, as we've mentioned earlier, uh, theater people are very nurturing. We try our best to take care of each other. We try our very, very best to do what is good for the larger group, for the greater society. It's not about me. It's about us. And if you do a production, it's not about the lead. It's not about... Just the actors. None of this could happen if you didn't have everybody from the actors, the directors, the stage managers, the sound people, the people that do the props, the people that do the costuming, the volunteers that do the ushering at the theater, the people that sell and pick up your tickets, the people at the bar for crying out loud. We can't forget the people at the bar. Because no, very they're important. There. But that's the thing is that it's not a it's not a me environment. It's a we environment. And I think if if the world started going, we, instead of me, we might be in a better place.
0: It's a divisive conversation, the, the COVID situation. And I, I certainly respect all people's right to make their decisions. And But I don't understand when people are unkind. I think it's unnecessary. And like you said, when you don't have all of the details too. And someone like Brian, who obviously has just the purest heart and utmost love for the theatre. So just going through all of the details that you had shared with me and, and from talking with you right now, it sounds like you've had experience in both sides, on stage and off stage. Do you have a preference or do you find you're kind of either way or depends on where life is?
1: I'm an actor at heart and, I, and I'm going to be egotistical uh, in saying, I, I like having a lead role uh, if if I believe that I can do it well. But I'm also good with a cameo if I can really make something out of it. Mm. But I had a hoot uh, actually working backstage just after Night Sky, uh, which was my first my first run on stage with the uh, theater Charnia working for the absolutely amazing, incredible, talented. Can't, don't have enough good adjectives to describe Henry Canino, but anybody who's even had a conversation with her knows how brilliant she is. But after we did uh, Night Sky, I got to work backstage on one of Jeannie Simon's uh, productions, which was opening night. And uh, the stage had, it had revolving stages on, oh. on both sides at the right. And if it was um, the, uh, if it was during the, the, sh- the show, it's, it's a play within a play. So when they were in the play, we had to turn the stage so it looked like they were in their seats. And when they were in the lobby, then you had to turn the set, and these suckers were big. (laughs) You know what? It was a lot of fun moving heavy equipment. (laughs) You just had to make sure that you put your stops down so that uh, the actors were safe and they weren't setting the stage off turning on its own. But that was a lot of fun. And I've uh, actually worked as a dresser uh, a number of times and that was a hoot too i worked on as a dresser on um, music man and oliver and oh and on the beauty and the beast and for uh, beauty and the beast i got to do a number of different people and again their costume changes some of them were so fast i felt so bad for richard Teske. he he had the warmest costume on and getting him in and out of his things were was always really interesting but you know what if i had a choice i'd be on stage but Every aspect of the only thing I haven't done is directed and they keep trying to get me to get it and I go no 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 (laughs) no and and I volunteered at the box office which was a lot of fun I really enjoyed volunteering in the box office I haven't had an opportunity to work behind the bar because I don't have my um, smart smart serve serve. I started taking it and then I got distracted (laughs) and it's like world and by time I back to it my time had elapsed, and i was past so it's like one of these days i keep telling catherine i will get back to it catherine i promise and i will pay for it myself this time because i don't know anytime you do something with and for other people especially doing something like theater because as a well, rule, when people are coming they're in a good mood they're happy working backstage like the actors whether it's the adults or the kids although i have to admit i love children other people's children i love my two boys but, you know, it's really, really nice when I'm not the one dressing the kids. I'd rather dress the adults. And people like Holly Maya who who do work with children, musicals, stuff like that, just uh, the patience that they have. Just amazing. And again, that's something that Anthony was so good at when he would work. And he just had a connection with the kids. And yeah, I mean, kids are our future. That's a good thing they're not counting on me because I'd probably be cranky a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but not, not everybody
0: is meant to work with kids. Yep. Uh, so what is it about directing that, that you're like, nope, not going to happen?
1: Well, I have so much respect for individuals who can read a script and, and picture it and get involved. I can do that with a book. I can read a book and I can like immerse myself in a book and I can picture it and everything else. Plays, I have a harder time. And I feel that you ideally you would have a really strong vision and a perfect example of where I feel that I lack would be, uh, I made reference to Night Sky with Henry Panino. And I remember I didn't even know what I was reading for. I had gotten a telephone call. I, I had done a reading for um, Storm Warning previously and I hadn't been successful in uh, obtaining a part but then uh, Labor Day weekend I got a phone call from uh, a representative from the theater just saying you know we saw your uh, audition for tomorrow morning and we were wondering if you're going to keep coming out for theater shining shows and so, well, I, I thought about it and they said well would you come out for Night Sky I'm going well I don't really know what it's about but you know I suppose I could and i said no we'd really like it if you did you would get a script at the box office and so on and so forth and when i went to the box office there were no scripts left so i called her up and said well no there's no script so you know thanks for the invite but i won't be oh no 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 come on up uh you know we'll have extra scripts and that kind of thing i said okay i don't even know what i'm reading for but i went up and i read for multiple different parts and ended up getting the lead and as we were going through I'm kind of, I'm going to do my best, and no matter what, I'm going to do, give you everything. Even if I don't feel it in my heart, I will do everything I can to deliver so that you believe it. And I know that there were a couple other people in the production with me that were kind of going, well, I mean, it's, it's a good play, you know, whatever. And we're going through, and then all of a sudden, Henry came out with the music. And she had this vision in her mind throughout the whole thing. She had an amazing visual effect for the beginning of the play, which of course I never saw because I was either on stage or backstage. And she had the vision for the music. And when she introduced us to the musical score for the first time, my jaw just about hit the ground. And I looked at the other actor that we had kind of, we we had both kind of agreed. It was like, yeah, it's okay, but whatever. And we looked at each other and went, oh my God, now I get it. And it's that magical vision that just, oh my gosh, it, like, it brings the whole thing together. And to me, as an actor, that a lot of times I find that that's how it happens, where I'll try for a role. And usually if I set my heart on a role, I can pretty much guarantee that I'm not going to get it. So now okay. I, I try not to. I honestly, I try not to look at, at roles. I just kind of, oh, you know, sure, I'll go out and I'll give, I'll give it a read or whatever. Because if I really set my heart on it, for whatever reason, I like, can Pretty much guarantee I will not get that part. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I go out and it's like, if I do, great. If I don't, you know, that's okay too. But regardless, I will give it a 100%. And then somewhere in the play, I know that all of a sudden the switch clicks and it goes from, yeah, it's okay, to, oh my God, now I get it. And to me, the directors who have that ability, who can read it and get it right away, and then get to a point where they can share that key with their actors, that's something I don't feel that I have and something that I very strongly respect in those amazing people who it's a knack it's not everybody that uh, I don't think it's just anybody that can can really be a really good director and if I was going to do it I'd I'd like to think that I'd be good at it and so since I don't think I would be yeah I'm not going to
0: Fair enough. You've got to know yourself, right? And know what you're, what you're good at and what you're not good at. And you don't want to put yourself in a bad situation.
1: Well, and it's not, not, even, not even worried about putting myself in a bad situation. I would just hate to uh, inflict that on the actors. <laughs> Nobody deserves that crap. Everybody works too hard. They don't need that nonsense. <laughs> so
0: is there, is there a role that you've always wanted to play as, a, as an actor? Where have you gotten to play your dream role?
1: I want to play something really, really dark. Ooh. Yeah. Actually, before he passed, for a couple of years, John LaRue and I had been talking about a movie that Barbara Streisand had been in. And don't get old, Dallas, because your brain just, you know, goes off. Uh, but there was a production uh, movie that Barbara Streisand was in, and she gets put on trial, and the family's trying to say that she's insane and she needs to be locked up. I read the script. And it is, it is a juicy, juicy piece. I would love to have an opportunity to do something like that. Or maybe be a villain, like be a really, really bad guy. Like, which they ever did, uh, decided to do uh, Lizzie Borden. (laughs) You know, it's like really warped, but yeah, it could be fun.
0: (laughs) Oh, I agree with you completely. Um, And that's the type of role you could really get into. The headspace would be, yeah. Well, that's
1: interesting. Well, and the other nice thing about it is it's not a singing role. That's something else that I don't do. I don't sing.
0: <laughs> I hear you. And there's a I'll lot do. of lot of people love the musicals in Sarnia. So <laughs> not being able yeah. to sing can be a little bit of a hindrance. So my computer, I kid you not, will self-destruct if I try to record past an hour and so we're creeping up on that right now, but I just wanted, we still got a little bit of time and I just wondered if there was anything else you wanted to share or any other plugs you want to sneak
1: in or? Yeah, you know, I just, I am really grateful for the community of Sarnia being the amazing place that it is. Great place to raise your children, a wonderful place to to live Not just because of the environment, but mostly because of the people. Yeah, theater people, man. Whether you're in Sarnia or in Guelph or Kitchener or London or Toronto or like any place you find theater people, you are going to find good folk. So if you're feeling lost, if you're feeling low, if you're feeling like you don't belong, find yourself a community theater group to get involved with and watch your heart grow. I think that's, uh, I think you'll find that uh, that'll happen pretty quick.
0: Well, I'm so glad that you decided to sit down with me today. This was, I'm delighted that we got to get to know each other a little bit more. And I do sincerely apologize for sobbing like a child. Can't help it. But I, yeah, I am very grateful that you had the time for me today. It means a lot If to you
1: me. decide, my God, this woman is full of crap and you don't bear it, my feelings will not be hurt. Oh, sweetie. it's going to be air. Don't you worry. Before I hear any Dallas, thank you for being interested enough to want to talk to me. Oh, I, thank you for. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay,
0: well, um, before my computer explodes, you have a good day. Thanks again. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Okay, that's all for today. I want to quickly revisit something Charmaine said. Having our loved ones in our lives is a luxury and may this be a reminder to all of us to cherish that time we have together. Also, I will share the link to the Dixie Swim Club promo on YouTube in the show notes as it is the perfect pick-me-up after a little cry and it also features next week's guest, Ruth Francoeur. Bye for now.